Hello and welcome to our Music Unmastered. I'm Will and this is the internet's most affirmative music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by Elle Hiya. and Joe. Hiya. On the show this week we're going to be reviewing the new album by Alex Leahy. I'm going to be talking about Dot to Dot Festival because I just completely forgot to do it last week. And we've got the upcoming releases you need to know about. But first, James isn't here and we're not doing the news. But I want to talk about uh, something instead. I don't have a prop, unfortunately. But I want to talk about Daisy Jones and the Six. Has Ooh. anyone else been watching this? No. I've watched it and I've also read the book. So do I get bonus points? You do get bonus points. Thank you. Um, I've been watching it this week and I don't know that I'd say the show is fantastic. It's quite slow paced. Um, but I've been enjoying it and I want to give it a shout out, partly because it's a, a show. Well, I guess we should set it up for listeners. If you don't know, it's a, it was a book. It's been turned into a show that's been released on Amazon Prime and it's vaguely a fictional Fleetwood Mac interpersonal conflict within a band type situation. It's a reasonably entertaining show, but I'm bringing it up particularly because obviously with all of these music shows and music films, they either get the music quite right or they do it very poorly. And you can see good examples in like Scott Pilgrim versus the World. The music written for that's pretty good. I think Beck wrote a lot of it. And here I want to give a shout out to some of the music because they've released all of it on streaming services, including like the fictional album Aurora is out on streaming services and listed with Daisy Jones and the Six as the artist. And there are some genuinely really, really good songs on there, particularly um, the track Let Me Down Easy, which they make a kind of a big deal of in the show, is really, really good. So I wanted to give this show a shout out. What did you think of it, Elle, having read the book? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. The, the book is quite interestingly written in that it's written... So, so the show is presented um, as though it's a documentary. So you get those kind of cutaways to the characters, you know, just speaking directly to camera. And then it, it kind of functions almost as like flashbacks to them um, during the kind of heyday of the band. And the show is written, the, the book is written really similarly in that it's written as though it's like a transcript of these conversations that the kind of interviewer is having with the band. So I really enjoyed that. And what, the book also does is it has uh kind of the lyrics to the aurora album which is the kind of central album that the show focuses on as well and it has that in the book as well so i really enjoyed that kind of interplay um between those different mediums like within the book i know that some of the lyrics were adapted and edited slightly for the kind of what has been put out as the music but i think that they've done a really good job of that of kind of keeping it true to the book but still making it like actually a really quite a solid album um because I think some of the lyrics that were written in the book wouldn't necessarily translate as well to an actual song they kind of read better than I think they'd sound um but yeah I also really like uh let me down easy I think it's just gorgeous I'm just scrolling back through um the album now because I have been listening to it quite a lot um because because also it's quite a nice like like you mentioned Will kind of Fleetwood Mac-esque vibe to the to the show and the storyline it kind of has that leaning within the music as well which I just really like I like that kind of you know 70s rock uh personal drama vibe to songs um 
I think, yeah, Let Me Down Easy is really, really nice. Um, More Fun to Miss is really fun. And also Look at Us Now and then in brackets Honeycomb which is kind of lauded as like the like the single within like the book and the show is also just like a really nice track um so yeah I've been enjoying the whole kind of franchise feels like too big a word for it but (laughs) the whole thing um and I think it's a really interesting uh kind of take on like adapting something like a piece of media that is about a fictional band like putting it out on streaming services with like you said real like the artist being Daisy Jones and the Six I think that's like a really interesting way of doing it um and I yeah I'm intrigued to see if kind of future adaptations of things um or series will go down a kind of similar route with that particularly based off like the success that this has had yeah and I I really like that also along with the album they've released EPs for each episode and they've got all of the original music which is really nice because there's some earlier stuff which isn't by Daisy Jones and the Six that they use in the show, but they've still released that stuff as well. So it means that if if you heard anything you liked in the show, you can go and listen to it, which feels to me like the gold standard of kind of giving your fans as many ways to kind of experience the thing as, as you can. One note is that on Apple Music, it says that artists including Phoebe Bridges, Marcus Mumford and Jackson Brown contributed to the songs on the album, like writing them. So that, I mean, yeah, they've brought in some proper talent and it shows. I think that the songs that we've picked out, Honeycomb and Let Me Down Easy, are kind of clearly the standouts. And I think the the showrunners knew it because those are the songs that they let play in full during the season. And the other songs are kind of in the background or play, you hear snippets of them, but you don't really get the whole the whole song experience. But yeah, it's surprisingly good, kind of 70s-inspired rock music mm-hmm. it's a very yeah immersive experience to have like the full record out there and also yeah like you said the kind of earlier stuff of these fictional artists before they became daisy jones in the six so you get kind of like an earlier band you get daisy jones on her own um and that's really interesting what i did see recently as well is i think i want to say it's free people the clothing shop or whatever have released like a full daisy jones and the six line and i was like oh that's a really i don't know how i feel about it it feels kind of strange to me it feels almost in part like it's like it's not quite cosplaying it's not quite merch it's like somewhere in between which i don't like i personally have not seen that kind of thing before um which i just thought was kind of like an interesting thing to know because it's not yeah it's not merch where it's like oh you get like a like a band tea with daisy jones and the six emblazoned on it um and it's not like exact copies of the costuming it's kind of you get like a suede waistcoat vibe that you can imagine if you wore you would you know pass as an extra in the show uh which i just thought yeah was a kind of interesting marketing technique that they've employed that i've not seen before i i actually would have preferred them to go the whole like the whole distance and being like here are torties yeah, from, with like dates and locations from the 70s like that that would have been it, i mean it's stupidly meta but it's, i think that would have been quite fun and yeah like feasibly like they could be your favorite band yeah why not there, there's an album out there's other music from them 
I feel like I'd, it would have tied in with the fact that they've released the album on streaming and all of that kind of stuff as well. Um, rather than just being like, you want to look like a knockoff Stevie Nicks? Here you go. It's like, okay, but you can do that anyway. Like, that's never, mm. <laughs> that's not gone anywhere. That's still a thing that many shops and like clothing brands will do. That kind of 70s leaning, you know, rock vibe. But like, yeah, the band tees, I felt like that would have been... I guess like more of an excite. It would have just made more sense, I think. The one question I have is, I I had meant to get around to reading the book, and then I just wanted something to watch this week, and this is kind of the thing I had an inkling for. Is it worth now that I? Well, I've still got one episode of the show left to watch. Is it worth going back and reading the book afterwards, or is it too similar? Should I give it some time? I think I I think the book is still worth reading, just because, like I said, it's written in quite an interesting way. Um, which I quite enjoy. So it's quite like a fun read in that sense. Um, and that you get that kind of very much perspective of the same events from multiple voices because you hear it as though they are interviewing these different characters. So I think it's still worth reading. It's not the most incredible book in the world, but it's one that I would recommend, particularly when it's summer and you're looking just for like a nice, easy read. It's got a little bit of like personal drama to lure you in, but it's not so heavy that you're going to feel really down when the sun's out so i'd say it's definitely still worth reading but it's not yeah i wouldn't kind of necessarily like book time in to read it it's one that i think works quite well it's like a flicking through of an evening or whatever type read maybe i'll save it for when i have time off over the summer i was gonna say i don't know if that swayed you either way <laughs> I, who knows it's sunny outside today <laughs> who knows Right, should we get on to our review for this week? We're looking at The Answer Is Always Yes by Alex Leahy. It's the Australian artist's third album, released on the 19th of May 2023 on Liberation Records. This is her first album not on Dead Oceans, um, which I didn't see anything about her leaving Dead Oceans, and I couldn't seem to find much about this Liberation Records that she's releasing through, but who knows? The album's 10 tracks long and 35 minutes in length. What did we think of this album? Elle, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I really enjoyed this album. I kind of knew going into it I would because it's the kind of music I like. It's the kind of music I gravitate towards. And I've been a fan of Alex Leahy for a while. There were quite a few tracks that I felt were really stand out and I really, really enjoyed. I liked that there's... You know, it's like a solid indie record. There's some nice like rock, indie rock influences. There's some punk leaning vibes here and there, which I enjoyed. There are some really um, like good lyrics that I thought were really well crafted. There are some that are perhaps not as, I guess, like intelligently crafted, quote unquote, whatever that <laughs> might mean, but are still quite fun. Um, conceptually, it's it feels very much like a breakup record, um, but not just kind of the breakup but the kind of reckoning with who you are post-breakup and kind of how you like reckon with seeing your exes move on and you're not moving on and all of those kind of things, which are, you know, concepts that have been done a billion times, but I don't think like as listeners, we're ever going to get bored of them because there are always interesting takes uh, to have on those concepts. A couple of the tracks I felt perhaps were less strong. I think maybe because, maybe in part because I'd gone into it with such high expectations. 
um and maybe because i felt like some of the tracks just weren't as strong as others on the record and also others that she's released previously but that didn't kind of detract from the whole album um for me i still found the whole album really enjoyable um and just kind of i think as well like exactly what i wanted right now kind of you know it's it's sunny weather and i don't know what it is about like a nice indie rock record but it just feels like sunny weather to me this record also feels like the kind of one that you listen to on a long car ride it's that kind of energy that kind of slow hazy summer evening you're driving somewhere you stick this on it's that kind of vibe and i think that's also what i was kind of looking for whereas i think last week the record was just not it didn't suit the climate <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really starting to realize how much i'm like i need what i'm listening to to suit the climate um but yeah i think this kind of like really tied in to what i wanted to listen to this week so that helped a lot um but it is yeah it's a really kind of enjoyable good record um with a lot of really really strong tracks maybe a couple that aren't quite as good but like as a whole experience i really really enjoyed it joe what did you think yeah i did i uh i thought it was a good album as well i um it it was a little different to our first two albums i guess it was slightly more maybe not inward looking but i guess yeah because it was like Elle said to do with um breakups and the sort of introspection after them it was a little more inward looking perhaps in our first albums not quite as light and it sort of followed the vibe that a lot of indie music's been following where a lot of it's very dense is the wrong word but yeah sort of yeah inward looking and quite sort of deep and sort of heartfelt rather than um almost lighter and more sort of cookie and whimsical but like i i overall i thought it was a solid album like like i said there were a couple of songs that i didn't overly enjoy but the ones that hit were really good and i like the fact that it was quite a rock sort of focused album as well rather than relying on sort of more minimal sounds although there were tracks with that um i would say that it yeah it was a little, like i said it was different to the first two albums and i don't know whether i liked it more than them as it was different or whether i preferred her earlier music but um it was sort of refreshing to hear her move into this sort of music i don't know if there's anything to do with the new label like you said or whether it's just that she sort of as she gets older she's writing different music but it was interesting to hear her go down this sort of route because she was quite different in the sort of initially with her first couple of albums i think they were maybe partly more localized um Whereas this album sounds like she was trying to break out into the wider sort of indie scene. With the first two albums, they they kind of had a sound of it being almost her because it was not unique. Maybe it was almost more where she's from, Australian, rather than sounding American. Whereas this album had more indie vibes from a lot of the indie arts you see coming out of America and Britain at the moment. So it sounded maybe more like she's moved into that sort of sound. Um, and I still think it was original, though obviously there's a lot to compare it to then. So it's harder to sort of carve out a niche if you follow that, but maybe that's where she's going with it. Maybe she's just moving into that sort of more, that sound rather than the sound she used to have, which I think was just a little bit different. Um, but overall, I did think it was a good album and there were some songs I really liked on it as well and listened to a lot. Yeah, Elle, I don't really understand what you mean about Mandy Indiana because I feel like they're just the perfect band to sit back by the harbour side and drink an Aperol Spritz to, really. So I feel like you're just kind of slating them for no reason and taking their music completely out of the context that it's designed to be experienced in. It's just unfair. Um, this album, 
I kind of feel quite similar to you, Joe, where I don't know how I feel about it compared to her other stuff. Um, I think the the move to maybe more introspection in terms of the lyrical content for me didn't hugely work because it it just felt where whereas before with kind of the kind of maybe more witty and kind of less personal lyrics, I felt like you can get away with more in terms of it not having too much depth in terms of like meaning behind what's being said. But on this, I felt like a lot of the songs felt quite surface level in in terms of just lyrically. I guess if you're looking for a frankness, that frankness is right there. She's saying exactly what she means, but that, that just didn't work for me really on the album. I think a lot of the sounds are interesting. She goes in in kind of different places than she has before. Um, you know, I actually would have liked maybe some more minimal sounds. The track Unspoken History on her previous album was actually one of my favourite songs she's ever done, and that was kind of this soft ballad. So it felt really different. So yeah, overall, I mean... Alex Leahy is one of those artists who I'll generally kind of listen to the album and I'll pick out a few tracks and I'll enjoy them over the course of the summer. So putting her album into this context of having to analyse it is probably not not where I'd love to have it. I think there's one track that's particularly standout and we'll see if we all kind of pick that same one or if we have different ones where I feel like she, she does all of the things that I'm asking for where she ha- has like way more going on in the lyrics than any other song and it, it just feels like almost like a completely different thing. But overall, it, it's an enjoyable rock record to listen to. There, there's nothing kind of offensive about it, but I just didn't... There wasn't enough to hook me, and it, it didn't have kind of the hooks of her previous ones, I felt. Also, one note is, Joe, you were saying about it sounding maybe more like the rest of the music scene at the moment. And I was reading that she's worked with Jackknife Lee on a bunch of the, these songs, who's obviously a big producer who's worked with kind of much bigger artists. So maybe that's kind of where that this is coming from, from yeah, working true. with different producers and getting their sound brought in as well. Yeah, they said it was her first album when she worked with quite a few collaborators, didn't she, on this one, I think. Yeah. I'll kick off kind of going into the tracks with, with one that I did quite like, which is You'll Never Get Your Money Back which I I just like the sound of. It went more in that kind of summery indie sound, which I, I think is kind of where I like the album the most, is it's got that kind of droning guitar in the verses. The chords just have, like, the the voicing of the chords just feels more kind of indie pop, and it just gives it that summer feeling. Yeah, that sound works for this weather, and I think for her kind of songwriting style as well, I think it, it kind of, pairs nicely of having that kind of breezy vibe even though it's kind of going into some deeper stuff lyrically yeah i really liked this track um i also really liked a lot of the lyrics from this one as well uh the kind of central uh kind of refrain or i guess from like the chorus or whatever and um, that ties in with like the title of the song and also kind of the theme the metaphor that's running through it of um love never leaves you in the black i thought that was a really nice kind of turn of phrase and also a really nice way of i guess encapsulating what she's feeling about love in that moment particularly a kind of romantic love i also really liked these kind of 
modern specific phrases or, or references that she pulls out so she says um I see what you're watching on my account which I just really liked as a kind of turn of phrase because I was like oh that feels very it feels very current it feels very relatable it feels um like it's that that kind of very straightforward honesty which I really enjoy I know that she does that across like the album it's that like you were saying all that kind of frank way of of writing those lyrics which yeah I do agree in some places it's it doesn't quite hit in the same way you're kind of like oh is that is that it <laughs> um I didn't mind it so much because I was kind of like it's still fun um but I think it works really well in this kind of context where you get that kind of specific uh kind of phrase and then you tie it in with this kind of bigger metaphor about love and it being a kind of perhaps like transactional in that way and I really really liked how that all came together lyrically um and the idea that you can still have these kind of ties to an ex or whoever it might be where you can still kind of know what they're doing to some extent and it's through this quite transactional thing where they're kind of you know mooching off your account like whether that be you know I don't know whatever streaming service of choice um but I quite liked that it's it's a very like modern take on being kind of invested in what your ex is doing now and I yeah I thought it works really well on this track yeah, I, I I did also like the track. I thought it was a good track, and um, kind of like I said, I like the fact that it could, whether intentional or not, almost have a double meaning between um, the very literal meaning of "I'm not getting the money back that I made," "I'm not getting the money back that you didn't pay," and also like, "I'm not almost, I'm not getting anything back," almost not getting the time back potentially. So you know, yeah, not getting the um, possibly that it was maybe seen as a waste of relationship or just I'm not getting that time back the sort of time I could have been doing something else seeing someone else is lost now and like I said it's sort of partly about love being transactional and I guess also just in general that you feel like you invest into that relationship and then it hasn't paid off and you kind of almost feel like yeah you've lost out and there's no refund in that situation so it could be that deep or it could literally have just been about um being mooched off but overall it was it was a good track I think it was quite a classic Alex Lakey track as well um, like you said Will I think it was a yeah I thought it was a bit more like some of her older stuff in that sort of content even though the lyrics were maybe slightly more to do with the breakup I think it was it was it was yeah, I did enjoy it a lot yeah I think the theme's interesting and it, it kind of hits on similar notes to Expert in a Dying Field by the Beths where it's talking about kind of investing like you were saying and and kind of what you can't get back from a relationship and one line I particularly like is after the second verse, the pre-chorus comes in and the lines, you can't put a price on that. And she's talking about kind of in the verse previous, she's talking about being single and kind of having that freedom. I like that that played on that double level of you can't like it's kind of a cliche that you'd say, like, you can't put a price on on being able to do whatever you want. But also it's playing back to kind of this idea of having to pay into a relationship and kind of this tab that hasn't been paid that kind of all of this money that her ex owes her and it contrasts with oh I'm single now like it doesn't matter if I'm out of pocket because actually I'm so much happier like I, I really liked that juxtaposition and, and mm. that lyrical turn I can't remember because it was been a while since I saw it but I think it was I can't remember if this was the song with the music video where it was set in a furniture shop 
I know one of the songs off this album was, but I can't remember which one it was. I haven't done that much prep um, to be able to tell you. I think you. it might be this one. I was going to say, no, I, I have I, no I, idea. I, no, I think I only saw it. It may not be this one, because I, I can't remember if I saw it quite recently when I was looking at the album, whether I just came across it. But uh, it was a good music video. It was funny. Uh, it's for They Wouldn't Let Me In. Ah. Uh, you got it there. It's a weird music video. I've not seen the video. It's a weird video. It's It's worth watching. It's funny. It's good. Nice. Speaking of They Wouldn't Let Me In as a track, um, I really liked this one. It has, to me, it felt kind of slightly more punky. Um, it had this kind of like the rapid delivery of the lyrics, which I really enjoy. Um, it just kind of, it's delicious whenever I hear it. And then I always get the urge to memorise the lyrics so that I can also like sing along rapidly. <laughs> um but yeah, I really like this track. I thought as well that this was one of the ones where lyrically it was uh, kind of one of the stronger ones on the album where it kind of lists these different places where she's been kind of barred or, or not allowed in. Um, and it very much kind of had uh, that kind of queer overtone of not being allowed entrance to certain places or experiences, um, which you kind of get hints of like throughout the record but I think on this one you get it in, in quite a raw sense where you feel like this is something that you know she's listing these places I, there's so many of them it feels like this has very much like been a long time coming this kind of outpouring of of like perhaps like more anger um you know stemming from kind of adolescence to to now that kind of denial of being afforded the same experiences as like a heteronormative person would um which yeah I thought like this this track captures that really well and yeah I guess kind of like offers a different perspective on that kind of state of like growing up or, or things like that I think there's quite a lot on this album which feels not adolescent in that it feels like it's been produced by an adolescent but it feels like it has that kind of reflection um so track six makes me sick felt to me like this kind of adolescent romance where it's like I like you so much it makes me sick which feels quite um not childish but perhaps like well maybe slightly childish to say that kind of where you don't quite have the words at that point to to articulate what you feel um and yeah with this track with they wouldn't let me in it feels like that kind of adolescent thing but a reflection so you're looking back and going actually these are all of the places that I've not been allowed in and upon reflection, that really sucks, to put it lightly. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I thought there was um, that sort of theme. I think it's interesting you said that um, there was sort of an adolescence running through that song and through the other ones. Because I, I think that it does feel like slightly like a quarter-life crisis element to the album. There's a bit of... Um, kind of yeah stepping back and going oh actually I haven't really expressed these thoughts or these feelings from that period of time up until now and it's time to talk about those not just about like for example a recent breakup but I think in general she needs to be going back quite away and that song's a good example of it because it really does go back to what she must have gone through during adolescence and it's another one where it's not quite double meaning but could be seen that way and that there's her literally reading off I'm not I can't go to these places these places wouldn't let me in and also just in general kind of feeling slightly excluded as a result, not just from specific place or specific situations, but in general, that leading to just a slight feeling of isolation. Um, so, I, which is, it was a good song, and it um, 
that came across quite well. And I did also enjoy the fact that uh, it was pretty fast. It was quite a bouncy sort of song, which is weird considering the me the message in it. But um, it it was it was a good song. Yeah, I think actually the message fits quite nicely with the kind of punk and post punk elements that she brings in because I guess it's it is kind of all about these kind of exclusions through her life in in her teenage years and in her kind of early twenties and whatnot. And having that kind of though like the sounds that make you think of kind of anxious feelings and kind of I guess punk is all kind of really focused on youth a lot of the time. Like that kind of works for setting a backdrop to to her experiences of and also kind of it being cast in general as kind of this outsider genre of maybe her feeling that way as well. Maybe I'm I'm reading way way too far into the the, the choice <laughs> of the the sound there, but I feel like maybe maybe that's what she was trying to tap into. My favorite song on the album was "Permanent." I feel like this one just, like I said earlier, just completely different in terms of how the song was written. Like there's lots of subtlety and kind of meanings hidden. And it's it's not very direct, which just feels very different. And it starts off as this kind of acoustic track before very quickly switching to a a kind of bigger arrangement. Um, I just I love the lyrics on this one, where it's it's kind of talking about committing, and it's talking about how she's kind of frozen in state, but she's also saying about how she's feeling lonely and how like she's kind of gone through these periods of not being able to hold on to anything because she's so scared that it might leave her. And I really loved like everything she does in terms of how she sets up these different emotions and how on quite a short track, she manages to develop those ideas and express them in really interesting ways. This and yeah, I really, really loved this one. This was a real standout for me. Um, the lyrics I really enjoyed because yeah, kind of on first listen, I was like, Oh yeah, no, I like this. And then the more I re-listened, the more I got out of the lyrics and I always love when there's kind of more to dig out. I really love that it opens with this kind of statement of like, oh, I'm really glad that um, I think it's like the upstairs neighbours or whatever or neighbours are moving out so that I don't have to hear like the neighbour playing the same three chords. And then she then says, you know, oh, maybe I'm playing the same three chords. And it's kind of that it's quite a fun like common and statement anyway but then also you can dig into it and be like oh it's recognizing flaws in others and then recognizing those same flaws in yourself and there's like lots of layers and ways that you can unpick it um and I yeah I really enjoyed that I also liked what you said where like it it starts with this much like slower uh tempo and then it, it really picks up I felt to me I kind of well at one point I just wrote rock yes so that was you know a great comment from me that I really understood what I was trying to say um but I put it kind of contrasts for me with um, track five on the way down, which has that same kind of build. But on on the way down, it feels more with that kind of like classic indie rock build where it suddenly like builds, gets quite exciting. Whereas on this track on permanent, it felt more refined and more of that kind of like quote unquote classic rock build where it then, you know, it's just done in a really like delicious way. It's just like a really perfectly constructed track. I think that um, it was a was a good attempt on the album of kind of condensing what a lot of the album was about, I think, into one track of all the tracks. It was where she sort of managed to get that point across, maybe not even completely intentionally, but managed to do it best in that song. 
Um, and I think musically it was it was a it was a very good sound. I liked the fact that it wasn't completely classic. That it did sort of do more than one thing, and it um, it was a good listen. It was a song that, like you said, Al, I sort of not just lyrically noticed more the more I listened to it, but it it took a few listens to really enjoy it. But I did then. It took took it took a few listens to really sort of get everything out of it, which is impressive for what is quite a short song. But I do think it was um, it it did the best on the album of all the songs of kind of putting across, I think, the overall theme, which was very impressive. Elle, you mentioned On The Way Down, and I I really liked the percussion on that track. I think across the album, the percussion sounds really good, but on, on that one in particular, I really noticed kind of the, the tone of the kick drum sounds really good, and they have this kind of four-on-the-floor beat that, that kind of makes it stand out even more because that that's not something you'll always hear in a, a rock track, having the kick being played quite that much um and having the tambourine that come i think it's a tambourine that kind of sound that comes in over the top also gives it that i mean it gives it a very kind of classic 60s feel doesn't it having the tambourine on the two and four i want to know what you both thought of the sky is melting which is the track immediately before on the way down um and it feels like quite a different vibe to on the way down and also to the track before it which is uh, you'll never get your money back. So it's kind of bookended by these tracks that I guess to me felt more expected, felt more like they had that kind of clear indie rock influence. And then The Sky is Melting feels much more contemplative, uh, slightly slower, just like a slightly different vibe where I was like, oh, this wasn't what I was expecting. It also, I wrote down, it reminded me of a Blink-182 track, but for the life of me, I couldn't remember which track it was. So if either of you <laughs> know what track I might mean, please say, because it's been I driving me bad. Um, I don't, I I also don't know if I've just plucked this out of thin air or and maybe there's no connection whatsoever, but there is, there's something there. Um, but I thought this track was just quite interesting. I mean, like lyrically and like conceptually, it, it's kind of just talking about, I guess, like getting stoned with your mate and kind of the experience of that which doesn't feel like the most intellectual concept on paper but actually the way it's done I thought was really interesting and I quite liked that it felt different to the tracks that bookend it I still don't quite know if I liked the track hugely or if I was just kind of like oh that's interesting within the album um but I did think like, yeah, within the album, particularly within its place in the album, I thought it was quite a nice, I guess, slight variation on on the theme. It was, um, yeah, it was actually my favourite song on the album, I think, even though it wasn't really much like a lot of the other songs. Um, I think it, I do think musically it was quite different, although it fitted in lyrically with the rest of the album. If you look at it as we sort of, described it the album being slightly contemplative and her sort of looking back at the past as well and looking over her sort of life as an adolescent and adult it can fit in with that because it's, it's another song that's got quite an adolescent vibe to it or sort of kind of young adult vibe about sort of well yeah just hanging out with a friend messing around trying drugs things like that but um i also think like the sky is melting could be a sort of seen as a psychedelic thing there's also a part of me that it it's almost got a slightly surreal sound to it as well, not just drug related, but almost if you look at sort of surrealist paintings or something like that, there's a kind of slightly weird vibe to it in that. And it's 
gives across a slightly uneasy feel, even though the message of the song is just hanging out with a friend and having a good time. There's a slightly odd tone in the background, which I quite like as well to it. Maybe that's just because in the context of the album, the album's a relatively unhappy one, um, or rather sort of the themes are quite unhappy about sort of love and breakups. But um, musically, it was my favourite song on the album. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... Uh, I, I quite liked the chorus. I thought it was... Um, it was quite different in some respects to some of the other songs, but um, I, I liked it a lot. It was one of the first ones that I then went back and straight l listened to again after listening to the album. Yeah, I read the title in a slightly different way of it. Kind of, obviously, yeah, it has the element of kind of the, the drug part to it, but also I, I felt it nostalgic. It kind of conjures the picture of kind of this beautiful sunset and it just being this mm. nice memory that she has kind of sandwiched in between a lot of difficult moments so i felt like that that's maybe what i took from the title of it maybe trying to paint a picture of a maybe beautiful but tinged with nostalgia and maybe not quite exactly as it happened moment from her past i quite liked uh congratulations as a track i think it was the biggest hit off the album by possibly by popularity um and that was another one with sort of an interesting message about possibly not missing your exes but looking at the fact they've moved on and got married and you're sort of still left um left almost as you are it's another one that fits in with that theme of kind of looking back and then coming to this current point where it's like well has anything really changed she's sort of gone on an introspective but then at the end of it i think a lot of the regret is maybe she's done these things through her adolescence through her through adolescence and through her um early adulthood and then watched other people from her past move on, watched other people from her past get to certain points and maybe she feels a little bit um, at odds with herself from it. Um, and congratulations had that vibe. It was about sort of, yeah, it was it was very basically about regressing the fact that two of your ex have got married, but there's also um, in the wider theme, I think it's another one of that sort of crisis mode of where do I go from here? Where do I stand in all this? If, they're able to find happiness i've not got my happy ending yeah i really liked that kind of how she tackles that conceptually in this song um there are kind of i think there are kind of quite a few ways you can read this track as well so you can it could be like almost like a sarcastic congratulations you know i'm still bitter but you know i guess you're happy that's great or it could be quite you know an authentic congratulations of yeah like you were saying joe like you found your happy ending and whilst I'm happy that you have found that for yourself I don't know where mine is I don't know what I'm doing and I think that's kind of encapsulated with like the refrain of you know I'm doing just fine without you um and I think she says something about um I've just got something in my eye and you don't quite know whether she's trying to convince someone else like maybe she's trying to convince an ex or whoever has told her that her ex has gotten married um or if she's trying to convince herself that she's actually fine and that she's not crying about it and that everything's okay um and i think that's quite yeah again it's one of those tracks where i feel like you could you could read it in a few different ways um and i really like this one because it's yeah it kind of it means that I guess it doesn't matter where in that like breakup process you are, like where in that kind of stage of getting over it you are, you can feel like you can 
capture this song at different points of what you're feeling so you can capture it in like a bitter way but you can also capture it in quite like a tender perhaps regretful way or or hopeful way like there are lots of different ways that you can interpret the track uh which I feel like really kind of sets up like the whole album as well right shall we wrap up our review then that means we have to rank the album the rankings oh god as they currently stand will be down in the description for you to look at where do we think the answer is always yes by alex Leahy should go every week i get more stressed by this ranking yeah it's pretty terrible right (laughs) yeah i think this one's tough i don't know maybe i've just not been in the mood but for me i think this album is is solid and i i'd say if you like her previous stuff or if you think that that kind of rock music sounds interesting definitely give it a go but i think i just didn't find it as enjoyable as i have her previous stuff that sounds that sounds ominous i probably put it in at number 21 <gasps> oh my god that's horrifying uh, out of how many at the moment well it's out of 20 at the moment so he's putting oh. it right at the bottom that's actually See, I was going to go, like, just below the middle, like, early teens. The thing is, I might have put it higher, but obviously, like, quite a few of the albums at the bottom, I think, I really liked. Like, Yeji's With A Hammer, I thought should go a lot higher. Ryoichi Sakamoto 12, I think, is really good. Fireworks, I think, is really good. Eric Hall's Canto Ostinato is Fireworks is too low, I will say that. Fireworks is way too low. See, I think I think I definitely preferred this to Mandy Indiana. Yeah, well, I really liked Mandy Indiana. But I know you really liked Mandy Indiana. <laughs> but I think I would probably put it at fourteen. This is where we need James. Joe, how many of these albums have you listened to? <laughs> uh, not that many. <laughs> only a, only a, a couple of them, I think. Um, I, I didn't. I wouldn't have necessarily ranked this album as better than the last time I was on this show, which was, that was Boy, Boy Genius, Boy Genius so, album. Yeah, I preferred their album to mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, no same. So I would rank it below there. <laughs> um, it, I did mind it. I thought it was a decent album. I just, um, I liked. I listened to Alice Lee a lot more about. Mm. I guess 2017. It would have been when she released. Her debut album, that's when I was listening to her a lot. And I really liked that album and her music then. And it looked like she was going to blow up. Um, I don't know what sort of venue she's playing now, but she hasn't really... I hadn't really listened to her for about two or three years when this until this album was coming out. Um, but I preferred her sort of initial album and that sort of music. I know artists change and that's a good thing, but I just can't help but compare it to that. Or maybe it's because mm. it was a different time. It was a few years ago and I just had different tastes back then. Maybe it would have actually been if I discovered that album now, I might have preferred this one or that one. But I, um, it was an enjoyable album. I'd listen to it again. There are songs that I'd listen to again, but I wouldn't stick it on repeat like I did sort of in that summer when I listened to her first with the first album I heard of her. Yeah, I saw her live at Dot to Dot Festival a few years ago. I think it would have been just after her second record came out so 2019 mm. yeah that makes sense 
that would have still been on. <laughs> I'm trying to think, oh, is that during COVID? <laughs> Who knows? Um, and she was kind of one of the later acts at SWX, so a big venue, and it was, like, pretty much packed for her. So, yeah, I think she's playing pretty sizable venues and kind of doing the kind of world touring mm. stuff. Um, okay. So, yeah, kind of a bigger artist, but maybe one who flies under the radar, like maybe not like a household name, like Boy yeah. Genius are kind of working towards being, but somewhere... Yeah, Phoebe Bridges in particular. Yeah, somewhere bigger than Small Club, but sl slightly below them. Mm. Okay. I saw Alex Leahy live years ago, but I can't remember where. I don't even think it was in Bristol. I think it was in Cardiff. I can't remember. I'll have to look I it don't up. know anything about Cardiff no music venues, so can't help you. <laughs> I think you're just going to leave it there, like, I don't know anything about Cardiff. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> it has a Club Evil Bach, which is a brilliant music venue. Uh, oh, nice. They have some good acts, but I don't... I've seen a few bands in Cardiff, but only at, like, whatever the big arena is there. The Mayor Point. And at the, and at the Student Union as well. Their student union slaps, actually. Yeah, it's, it's an unusual It's a really building. good student union. I think also I'm comparing it to Bristol's, which is, well, appalling. But anyway, that's another, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so, Elle, which position were you going to put it in? I was going to put it, well, because I was like, I prefer it to Mandy Indiana. I was going to say 14. But then I realised Mandy Indiana is above KNV. Which I think last week I was like, yeah, I'd put it above KNV, but now I'm like, maybe I wouldn't. I'll, I'll say we can kind of split the difference <laughs> and put it just below KNV. How's that? Okay. We should have got James to like send in a ranking. I'm so stressed by this ranking, by the way. I want to rearrange mm. it all. Well, only more, only like twenty more weeks to go, and then it's all done. <laughs> Right, so Alex Leahy's the answer is always yes. <laughs> Voted by committee to go in at number 16. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Dot to Dot Festival a few weekends ago. Um, I didn't talk about it on the show last week because I forgot because I was tired. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of interesting because I kind of went having not done any due diligence in preparation. So in years past, I I would have kind of listened to a lot of the, uh, like, at least checked out, like, the biggest single from a lot of the bands and kind of figured out where do I want to go and do I have enough time to get to where I need to be and stuff. Whereas this year, I didn't really know if I was going to have energy, so I bought a ticket kind of at the last minute and just kind of turned up to places. And what I found is that if you just turn up to places, um, generally there are queues and you can't actually get in which is quite frustrating. <laughs> and for an indie music festival, where you kind of want to go and just check out a band you've never heard of before, it's, yeah, a bit frustrating when you're just walking around and being like, where can I actually get into to see a band? Uh, I think the trick is you just have to go, like, when there's no one playing and then wait until a band starts. But then, like, you're kind of trapped almost because you've walked somewhere and then, yeah, it... I was not, like, thrilled with the experience during the day um, as going in a kind of different way than I have before. But I did see some good acts. I saw the band Personal Trainer, who are from Amsterdam. Uh, they played at The Fleece. 
I thought they were pretty good live, quite uh, energetic. It, their set was slightly dampened by the fact that they spent half an hour doing sound check, and it was just like stop and start them playing like parts of the songs, which I understand you have to sound check, mm. but it, it was just like a really weird energy. Like they, like the full band was on stage, <laughs> like playing like the first ten ten seconds of each song, like over and over again, and yeah, it it just. Kind of I know, like I've never, never seen anything like it before. I, I don't understand. Maybe, maybe that was part of their show. They were like, "We're going to get people into like a really weird headspace, mm. and then we're going to perform." <laughs> yeah, and it ju- it just made the first few tracks a bit odd feeling. Um, but then when they did come on, they they played well, and I've checked out their album. It it's like pretty solid. Um, might be worth checking out. Uh, I saw the band uh, Fraulein. Uh, I caught the end of their set at, at the small room in the O2. Uh, they were kind of pretty cool, noisy punk band. Um, their guitarist was playing a Squire Supersonic, I think they are, which, if you look it up, it's a very cool-looking guitar. I saw an, a band called Cry A Lot, who are like very high-pitched pop vocals and kind of dancey beats if you liked yeji and you like the high-pitched vocals in yeji kind of stuff you'll enjoy them a band that i wasn't sure about was 86 tvs apparently they haven't released any music yet and they i guess they've got this booking based on the fact that they've got former members of the maccabees and some other kind of i would say middle of the road indie bands and their music was very much what you'd expect. It was kind of middle of the road, <laughs> slightly dull indie, and I kind of left halfway through because I wasn't hugely enjoying it. Um, they're fine, but like, you know, it 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 does slightly annoy me that they got kind of quite a high spot. They were playing at SWX reasonably late in the day, and like, if you haven't released what? music, like, yeah, mm, that's ne- that's nepotism. They know mm. someone. A band that I did think were really good is when I left 86 TVs, I went upstairs and I saw the band Girl Band from Nottingham. They're a three-piece uh, group and they were really, really good. Um, they don't have much music out, but I'm excited to hear what they come out with because their songs songs were great. And then finally, the act that I actually bought my ticket for was Always, who I saw... I saw them the day that uh, Anti-Socialites came out um, and they were amazing live then. And I saw them. They played for an hour and... I think it was an hour and 15 and they managed to play the whole of Blue Rev within that time and some songs from Anti-Socialites oh and some songs from their debut album. So they covered a lot of ground. Did they stop to breathe at any point? They <laughs> Part of the thing that baffled me about their set is that in an hour and 15 set where they're at a festival, they did an encore, like within the hour and 15, like everyone's Babe. seen the set times. You're not on for a long time. Just <laughs> just don't go through the theatrics of walking off and coming back on. It's so ridiculous. But, you know, they did it. Um, oh, I love that, actually. I love that energy. But a lot of their previous stuff, they kind of reworked to make it sound more like Blue Rev. Not in terms of arrangement and stuff, but just kind of the sound of it was more like Blue Rev, um, which I really liked. And they had a um, 
uh, Fender Princeton amp on stage, and I I read in some of the like interviews and stuff they were talking about how on the album they were kind of working with these small amps like the Princeton and just cranking the volume up to the max, and that's kind of how they were getting their guitar tones. So I thought that was interesting because you don't see many Princetons live because obviously they're only small. So generally you'll see kind of deluxes and Devilles kind of bigger amps. Um, but yeah, they were really, really good. And if you have a chance to go and see Always, I'd really recommend checking them out. They're a fantastic live band. And if you haven't listened to Blue Rev, if I haven't recommended it enough from when we reviewed <laughs> it last year or when I said it was one of my albums of the year in our end of year wrap up and stuff, um, definitely listen to that. So that's my dot to dot experience this year. I also, um, I just Googled the Squire Supersonic and it is a very cool looking guitar. Mm. When you mentioned uh, sound checks earlier, that reminded me of something I read the other day that uh, in America, the band Big Thief have started offering like teachers to take their classes to see their sound check so they can ask them questions and see what a sound check's like, which I thought was quite cool. Mm. Um, that's really cool. I don't know. I mean, obviously, that's only in America, I think, on their tour at the moment. But uh, that was quite a nice idea. I love Big Thief. I really liked their album Masterpiece. And then they became like a folk band. And I kind of stopped enjoying them after that. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the guitarist Buck Meek has an album coming out in August. And that already sounds very folky. But I quite like the sound, mm. so I will check mm. that out. They got into hot water, didn't they, for playing in Israel, despite being kind of very lefty types mm, yeah but masterpiece is such a good album though like it's just masterpiece was a good album yeah and also seeing it live was it was really good live right let's get on to upcoming releases a few bits coming out this week the last two weeks seem to have been just like completely crazy in terms of releases so uh maybe a bit slower this week First up, Military Gun are releasing their debut album, Life Under the Gun. If you like kind of heavier punk music, this is definitely one to check out. I saw them touring with Fiddlehead, and they were really good live. Um, Fiddlehead actually have just announced their new albums coming out in August, so that's one to keep an eye out for. Uh, Geese are releasing their new album called 3D Country, uh, which could be interesting. Some of the singles sound slightly odd, but they could be good. Uh, Pardoner, kind of slacker indie rock band, are releasing a new album called Peace Loving People. Portugal The Man are releasing their new album, Chris Black Changed My Life. I haven't really listened to any of the singles from this, um, so I don't know if it's going to be kind of on that same 70s-ish indie pop style that they were doing on their last album that kind of blew them up with Feel It Still, obviously. Um, it could be interesting to see where they go next, if they're going to kind of lean into the popularity or if they're going to kind of pull an MGMT and try and go completely off the rails. And finally, Why Oak is releasing a new album called Every Day Like The Last. That's it for upcoming release and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Elle and Joe, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you'd like to hear more from the show, you can subscribe on your podcast service of choice. New episodes come out every Monday. You can turn on notifications if you think you might forget that so that you don't miss a new episode. If you'd like to hear more from us throughout the week, you can follow us on Twitter at Weekly or drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is 
the long-awaited O Monolith by Squid. <laughs> 